The views, opinions, and findings contained in this podcast are those of the host and subject matter experts. They should not be construed as official Department of Defense positions, policies, or decisions unless designated by other official documentation. Hi, welcome to Clinical Updates in Brain Injury Science Today, or CUBIST, a podcast for healthcare providers about current research on traumatic brain injury, also known as TBI. The TBI Center of Excellence, or TBI-COE, produces this program. I'm your host today, Don Marion. Today I'll be speaking with Amanda Ganot. Ms. Ganot is a physician assistant and TBI subject matter expert at TBI-COE. Amanda and I will discuss a study entitled, Wearable Sensors Detect Movement Differences in the Portable Warrior Test of Tactical Agility After MTBI in Service Members by Oleg Favorov and colleagues and published in Military Medicine in September of 2021. Hi, Amanda, and thanks for bringing this article to our attention today. Could you tell us a little bit about the study? Hi, Don. Nice talking to you again. So this article focuses on the assessment of an objective measure of return to duty following concussion. And this one is called the Portable Warrior Test of Tactical Agility, or Power Total. This is a particularly important in the assessment of service members following concussion because their requirements are very different from civilians. So service members are often required to perform dynamic tactical movements and fire weapons as part of their readiness training for full duty. But at present, return to duty assessment is largely based on self-report of symptoms that can lead to under or over-reporting and a false sense of full duty readiness. The power total is a test that involves maneuvers used in military training, such as rapid stand to prone and prone to stand transitions, combat rolls, and forward and backward running. It was specifically designed for evaluating concussed active duty service members. So, Amanda, I noticed that this is only testing the service members' physical abilities and not their cognitive abilities, yet we know that concussion can affect reaction time and other cognitive functions. Is this the only assessment that exists to estimate readiness for returning to full duty? So that's a really good question. No, there are certainly other measures that can be used, and these assessments, to some extent, depend on what the service member's military occupation is. So, for example, an assessment such as the power total may not be appropriate for a service member who is not attached to a deployable unit or who has an occupation that would not require this level of tactical readiness. Other objective assessments include the physical and cognitive return to duty screenings that are described in the TBICOE progressive return to activity, as well as the assessment of military multitask performance and the run roll aim test. Thanks, Amanda. Um, so how was the study done? So the power total was conducted at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and Joint Base Lewis-McChord, Washington. The study control group included 57 healthy service members with no TBI symptoms and no history of TBI within the last two years. And the test group was comprised of 42 mild TBI patients with persistent symptoms undergoing a course of physical therapy for concussion at each site's Intrepid Spirit Center. The subjects performed the power total activities while carrying a simulated standard service weapon, so this is a blue gun M4, and started off lying in a prone position. 
The subjects then stood up, ran diagonally three meters, dropped to the prone position on a floor mat, and did a clockwise combat roll. Then they stood up, ran backwards to the starting line, where they side shuffled several feet to the left, ran back to the mat, and did a clockwise combat roll, and ran backward to the starting line again. The investigators asked the subjects to perform the exercises as quickly as they could and to carry the weapon as they normally would. Each subject repeated the trial five times with a brief rest in between the trials. So the first time was a practice trial that was used to familiarize the subject with the power total exercises. And the second time the subjects repeated those same power exercises. In the final three trials, the investigators set an eight-character grid coordinate for subjects to remember before performing the trial exercises. After the subjects completed the exercises, the researchers asked them to recite what they could recall from the grid coordinates. So there were single-task trials that were just timed and then dual-task trials in which the subjects needed to recall the grid coordinates as well. In addition, two inertial sensors that were secured with neoprene straps to the back of the head and to the lumbar area continuously collected the service member's motion activity. The investigators used the duration of each trial and the data collected by the inertial sensors to compare the mild TBI group to the healthy controls. Interesting. I I think the addition of inertial sensors probably provided an important objective measure to the study, but... Including that kind of technology made the study considerably more expensive, right? Yeah, you would think that, Don, but actually they just utilized two Samsung Galaxy S6 smartphones, which, uh, you know, normally contain laboratory-grade inertial sensors. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, So what did they find? Service members in the healthy control group had a significant improvement in the time it took to complete the power exercises over the course of five trials. Their gradual motor performance improvement on successive trials is probably due to learning effects. The investigators observed no similar improvement in performance speed of power exercises in the MTBI group. The control subjects performed the activities faster than the mild TBI subjects did in all phases and in all trials. Among the power exercises, the rising and running phase was the least sensitive to mild TBI status, and the lowering and rolling phases were the most sensitive. The healthy subjects who had a remote history of concussion, or in other words, concussions that were more than two years in the past, were slightly slower at lowering and rolling than the rest of their group over the course of five trials, but not as slow as their recently concussed service members. The subjects were all between the ages of 18 and 45 years, and the study found that age did not significantly affect performance. So Amanda, it sounds like the duration of tasks, such as lowering or rolling, and the change in that duration over the course of five trials was the key outcome. Couldn't that have been measured with just a stopwatch rather than the smartphones? Yeah, you're right. It could have. And in this study, the investigators used both. So they used the stopwatch and the smartphone sensor estimates, and those trial durations were nearly the same. And what were the limitations of the study, Amanda? So there were a few. It is possible that service members in the MTBI group were not engaging in routine physical activities that are typical of a healthy active duty service member. So because they were out of condition, fatigue while repeating the power maneuvers and not the mild TBI could have affected their performance in the later trials. Additionally, the TBI group had significantly greater complaints of pain, post-traumatic stress, and higher self-reported symptom scores on the Neurobehavioral Symptom Inventory, or NSI. So there may be multiple reasons for group differences to occur, including pain, PTS, or a combination of factors. 
Also, medication use, which at least some subjects in the mild TBI group may have been taking for their post-concussion symptoms, could affect cognitive or physical performance, but it was not controlled for in this study. Uh, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They didn't mention specific medications that these individuals were taking, correct? Correct. They didn't mention medications at all. All right. So what do you think were the key takeaways from the study, Amanda? Well, you know, I think further study of objective assessments and the sensor data is still needed, but this is a step in the right direction toward developing a specific return to duty screening for service members with high tactical and op-tempo job requirements. Many of these factors should be accounted for and could affect the service member's performance on a test like this, but it's certainly something for TBI rehabilitation providers to keep in mind. So would you say that this was sort of a a biomarker for MTBI or a potential physical biomarker for MTBI? Well, I think that it's an objective assessment that could be used. That's all I'm saying. It's a stressor for these individuals and could bring out symptoms that you wouldn't normally uh, see. All right. Well, thanks, Amanda. So that's all we have time for today. You can stay up to date on future episodes by subscribing to Cubist on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, where you can also find links to the articles we discuss and other relevant resources. Cubist is produced and edited by Vinnie White and was hosted today by me, Don Marion. It is a product of the Traumatic Brain Injury Center of Excellence, a division of the Research and Development Directorate, J9, of the Defense Health Agency, and is led by Division Chief Captain Scott Coda, Medical Corps, United States Navy. Thank you for listening to this episode.